Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Welcome in, Michael Calhoun and Travis Sheridan with you, and we have an action-packed show this Sunday. So let's give you a little bit of a preview and then get right into it. First of all, we're going to talk with Tyler Matthews, the head of Venture Cafe, about a new school that they're launching. It's a class for those who are interested in becoming an entrepreneur but have no idea where to start. They'll take you through all the steps. We'll talk with Tyler about it. Then Mary Jo Gorman, it's her fourth startup. By the way, she's a medical doctor, but it's her fourth biotech startup. She's just moved this one from New York to St. Louis. We'll find out what her secret is. And finally, we'll check back in with a Nothing Impossible original, Zoe Scharf from Greetable, the company that makes those little gift boxes. They're greeting card slash gift boxes, I guess. Uh, they've been a St. Louis original since 2013, and we'll find out how the holiday season is shaping up for them. That's all coming up on this edition of Nothing Impossible. Stay tuned. Tyler Matthews and Entrepreneur School up next. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Michael and Travis with you talking about local innovation and entrepreneurs. And if you are a wannabe entrepreneur, but you're not sure how to get started, we've got the perfect Perfect way for you to get the info you need. Those entrepreneurs out there that are that, that are d- desiring it but don't know what those next steps are, especially as we're going into 2020. That's going to be in the headline. That's going to be in the entrepreneurs. Head- entrepreneurs. I, did, I like I, it. I don't own that, uh, that, that term. But think about it. We're going into 2020. It's a new year, a new decade. Maybe this is the time that our listeners and people out there are saying, I am going to start a business this year, but I don't know where to start. We might have an answer for them. Yeah. It's called Venture School by... Who else? Venture Cafe. They do stuff like that. And joining us is Tyler Matthews, Executive Director of Venture Cafe St. Louis. Thank you for taking our call, Tyler. Of course. Hey, guys. Good morning. So uh, give us, so why Venture School and what is it? Yeah, you know, at Venture Cafe, we run the Thursday gathering every week and we see a lot of entrepreneurs. And, you know, a lot of times we're running into is early stage folks who have a great idea and they just need like a little bit of extra help to get started. Um, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, a lot of people in the startup world uh, who have been active for a while, I think we forget, we take for granted, the fact of just starting something is really a daunting task for most people. And so we noticed that in our own community. And so we wanted to do something about it. And about a year or so later, um, you know, we're like, hey, this is the year to pull the trigger. So we launched Venture School. And like you mentioned, it's it's the uh, this is the opportunity to get your idea out of your head and make it a real company through a 12-week course that helps walk people through what they need to do and what not to do uh, 
which is also taught by um, successful entrepreneurs. So, Tyler, what have you learned or what have you heard at Venture Cafe on Thursdays, the weekly gathering from folks about what the, what the need is for this or what they'd like to see or the questions they've had? I guess, wh- what feedback did you get that informed this? Yeah, well, there's already a lot of, there's a lot of great things in the startup community to help people that um, basically have gotten started or in the very early stages of their company. But what we noticed the gap was is that right before the I-10s and Square Ones and the, you know, Arch Grants was people who just had an idea they needed to get out of their head. And what we saw just in 2018 alone, more than 1,700 people identified as being in the idea stage. And, um, you know, just an idea, no traction, no customers or anything like that. Uh, and then we started rolling out um, pitch nights uh, to help people get to refine their idea, get feedback from the community. And so they were open mic. They were first come, first serve. And, you know, about 60% of the people who pitch were saying, I just need help, you know, getting across the line, you know, getting this idea to be real. And so we're like, you know, I think this, those were some of the kind of indicators are like, I think we need to do something about it. And, uh, and then I ended up running into um, actually a gentleman at Venture Cafe who ran something similar in San Diego. And so we put our heads together and put a plan together and came up with this, uh, this 12-week course and curriculum. So the, these pitch nights helped inform it. I mean, you're listening to people week after week or month after month uh, attending Venture Cafe gatherings saying, what I need is to know where I get started. It's almost like they're saying, what I need is to know what I need, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times, too, it's the accountability that's really important because they're excited. They've got a great idea or several. And sometimes they don't have that, like, extra just, like, push. Um, they they just they just kind of sit on it. And I know that there's, you know, should an entrepreneur just be, like, gung-ho and get started right away? Yes. But at the same time, there's a lot of folks who just aren't, you know, they're not, they're not, uh, they're not in that culture of entrepreneurship, but they can get there. Um, so it's just kind of like we're just pushing them over the edge, you know, making it real for them. And, and that's what this class is also about, too. It's like if you go through this and you're like, hey, this is, this is really not for me, that's, a, that's still a success for us. Some people know they can go on and do something different, not to always think about, man, I really wish we'd done that idea. Well, you know, when I was, when I was still in California, I, had a, I was working running a business incubator, and one of our board members was a, a bankruptcy attorney, specifically working with business bankruptcies. And he said that every failed business, at least in the, the, the region where I was, every fa- failed business had an, a $1 million adverse impact on the community. And I thought to myself, well, maybe we should start taking credit for those businesses that never start then. <laughs> like, that could still be a way to like, positively impact your community. I mean, do you, I mean, would you, I don't know what the numbers are for St. Louis, but uh, as you've talked to entrepreneurs, what, what kind of risks are they facing if a business is not successful? Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's the typical risks, which is obviously you could, you know, lose money. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, there's also like, you know, other risks too. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe people feel like socially that was a big ding on who they are professionally. Um, you know, there are a lot of real risks involved and, you know, and if you're not from a background where you can just say, Oh, Hey, I just only need 5k to start this thing up. You know, obviously those risks start to compound. And so, um, you know, there's a social, there's a financial, and then, you know, the, the opportunity costs are involved too. Uh, entrepreneurship is also super hard. And so, you know, you're going to be taking a lot of that time, maybe with family and friends, and you're going to be redirecting it to, to a business. So uh, it's, not, it's not easy. Uh, and that hopefully, this, hopefully, too, this course will help people understand that, like, this is, you know, before they even get into it, like, this is, these are the things that you need to be aware of. And yeah. actually, the first, one of the first weeks is talking about 
expectations, mental health, goals, all those sorts of things. Yeah, I, I guess that we, we read headlines or people listen to shows like this or they've just wrapped up, uh, you know, the series Silicon Valley on, on HBO. And uh, mm-hmm. they see that they, maybe this glamorous life or envision a glamorous life of entrepreneurship and starting your own business. They hear about unicorns and exits and, you know, three commas and billions. But uh, part of this that you mentioned very early on is that there's going to be an accountability. Maybe that's accountability to set realistic expectations. But are people going through this course as a cohort where they can lean on each other? Yeah, actually, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's kind of why we're calling it a school, is that the idea is that people will be able to help support each other through the process. So, um, you know, we're, for, this first, for this first semester, we're looking at, uh, we start to March 5th, uh, so applications are open. Um, we're looking at maxing out about 15 people. Uh, and the, yeah, the goal is to help, you know, that other people can help each other along the way. And it, it is hard. And there's your one day you think you're doing amazing. And the next day you feel like an idiot and, uh, having accountability, having people that are beside you to say like, you know, to, to kind of like reassure you and bounce ideas off of is, is very important. It's vital really to starting a company. So that's a big part of it. That's the, and, ten- and the mentors are there too. It sounds like a tagline for, for entrepreneurship. One day it's amazing. One day you feel like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think is very true for most people in that space. You mentioned the mentors. In there. Uh, yeah, talk a little about the mentors. And uh, are these people from the St. Louis region? Are these people that have been involved in startups and run startups within the St. Louis region? Yeah, it's primarily focused on, on local entrepreneurs. Um, you know, we might branch out outside of that. But the real focus here for us was that... Uh, the mentors are successful entrepreneurs. What I mean by that is uh, they either have a company that's making money um, <laughs> or they have successfully sold a company. Um, you know, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of really smart people out there that could really uh, provide some great advice, but I think what we want to really try and focus on is people that have done it and can then relay that back. So, uh, we're, by the way, uh, listeners, we're talking to Tyler Matthews, Executive Director of Venture Cafe St. Louis, and we're talking about the new uh, program that they're launching, Venture School. What's the, uh, what's the URL for that, by the way, Tyler? It's VentureSchoolSTL.org. Okay, VentureSchoolSTL.org. So if you're out there mm-hmm. thinking about starting uh, your business and you don't want to do it alone, you don't want to go it alone, I, you know, I would imagine, and I do know that entrepreneurship can be very lonely, so here's, you get some friends around you, a cohort and support. Uh, as, you're, as you're building this out and launching this, what other things are you excited about for 2020 as it relates to Venture Cafe or the St. Louis startups uh, region? Yeah, um, you know, for, for us at Venture Cafe specifically, you know, we're excited about, um, you know, the 2020 lineup for Thursdays, uh, where, you know, the team and I have been putting together some new ideas, uh, di- diving deeper into, into specific topics. We do have um, an AI uh, summit we're hosting with Booz Allen. There should be a lot of really great folks from worldwide and all over the country coming uh, to actually be part of that, which is terrific. Um, and that'll be January 30th. So a lot of a lot of events like that that we want to that we're looking to do in 2020 um, that really just kind of provide a, a great overview of what cool things are happening in St. Louis and within the startup and technology community. Um, and then also, uh, you know, we have our EdHub fellows that are, you know, mid mid semester. You know, they're in the middle of their uh, fellowship right now. So excited to see in in, in August uh, what they've been working on, the successes that they've been able to have in the education community. Um, but, you know, I don't want to speak too much about just myself here, I guess, but, you know, I think in general, St. Louis is, 
you know, I think we're just continuing to see just a lot of really high quality startups coming out. I think the, the knowledge and all the information that's been learned over the last several years has really risen up to the top where a lot of people are, are able to, to launch really cool companies, um, provider pool, um, you know, Epharmix, all these companies, are, there's a lot of really cool, high quality stuff. And it'll be exciting to see um, how that continues to expand next year. Well, and speaking of, I mean, this is the holiday season, so I mean, I would also encourage listeners to, if they want to support, one of the best ways you can support an entrepreneur is to buy their stuff. Uh, so I know uh-huh. we've on this show we've talked about uh, Big Heart Tea and Greetable, uh, which can you know send packages and gifts, little cute gifts to people, and and Snake Bite uh, bottle openers and can openers. So there are there's it's more than just tech. When you look at Venture School, is this going to be specifically for tech, or can the next uh, Greetable and Big Heart Tea come from here? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, our our role, uh, or what we want to try and do is, is make sure that this first one is super successful. And so uh, so Jimi Hendrix, who is part of a Lee Labs here in St. Louis, uh, had, he's a, you know, sold a, a company, uh, a software SaaS company. He and I were talking about what this first one should look like. And our goal is to, to first start off in the software space, but, you know, just because that's kind of where our area of expertise is, but eventually branch out. But, you know, the caveat there, too, is that really any company today can and probably is a tech company. So, you know, agreeable, um, you know, there's there's obviously a lot of software that's involved, even though there's a physical product being uh, being created. So, yeah, so we're focusing on technology first, but we'll look at branching out in the future. And then as people grow their businesses, will this prepare them for going out to find funding, for instance, or or growing their business, uh, scaling up? Yeah, it definitely can. Uh, it really all just depends on the founder and where they're at. So if, if raising capital or, you know, pre-seed money or going to arch grants is the next step, then that's what will guide them. And if, it's, if they're not ready for that yet, I mean, hopefully they'll, they'll be ready to pitch, but, you know, maybe they need to do some more uh, customer development, maybe, you know, um, uh, work on the product some more. Either way, though, the end of it, um, we have milestones through to help guide them towards success. But in the end, they will have a real company a real uh, roadmap and know what that next step is for them, whether it's raising money or it's going into another program or just starting to sell. Starting to sell sounds good. Sounds good to like just yeah. start selling stuff. Uh, Absolutely. Ty- <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tyler, before we wrap up, I know I asked you about 2020 uh, and, and I, I also know that you don't want to talk just about Venture Cafe, but 2019 was a pretty big year for Venture Cafe. Uh, as you opened uh, Innovation Hall, you mentioned EdHub that got off the ground. As you're looking back on uh, Venture Cafe in this last year, what are two or three things, uh, one or two things even, that you're most, ex- that you're most proud of that, that didn't exist before and now they do exist? Yeah, well, I, I think the two programs you mentioned, EdHub and Innovation Hall, didn't exist uh, over a year ago. So that's been a very exciting to have. Uh, we've had, you know, about 18 or so fellows come through the EdHub program. Two of them have launched, you know, probably have seen in the news. One was in the Forbes 30 Under 30 category uh, in their education. Um, another one locked in a deal with Disney Plus and Marvel. Um, so those are very exciting. Um and then, you know, Innovation Hall, I just remember being an entrepreneur in the early stages and having to camp out at coffee shops. And it's, you know, I'm excited to see that this place has a constant drumbeat where people can, can just, anyone from the community can come and just, and, uh, and, and take a stab at their, uh, their next idea. So, I mean, yeah, that's, I, I, like you mentioned, I love seeing the situations where nothing existed and, they, and now they do. And those are two great examples of that. 
Well, and with Venture School, you're going to take uh, you know upwards of 15 entrepreneurs where maybe for 2019, nothing existed for them, but 2020 might be something new. Uh, the URL, again, is VentureSchoolSTL.org, correct? Yep. And what's the deadline uh, that people should know about as they're looking to submit an application? Yeah, we're looking at the uh, near the end of February. And if you go on, online, there is uh, all the information you need to know about that. Uh, but the class itself does launch March 5th, and will go through the, uh, the 28th of May. So applications are are online, and we've already got 10 pretty good ones coming in. We're trying to max it out at about 15, so make sure that this holiday break, if you are interested in this, if this is for you, to make sure you fill that, that application out. All right, go to VentureSchoolSTL.org. Tyler Matthews, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, stick around. We'll be right back with more Nothing Impossible right after this. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. Michael and Travis with you talking about local innovation and startups. And there's one that's moving to St. Louis. And this time of year, you're thinking about eating more healthily, perhaps. The name of the startup is Healthy Bites. I am not thinking about health, eating healthy. I'm thinking about like <laughs> eating as unhealthy as possible and then going into uh, the new year with a new vision. 2020 is when That's you think right. about that, right? Uh, yeah. But it, it's, I, we're, we're going to speak in a moment to Dr. Mary Jo Gorman, who is a serial entrepreneur. Not that she makes cereal, but she's had a number of startups. And just in the last segment, we spoke to Tyler Matthews about these uh, first-time entrepreneurs who are having some support. But Mary Jo, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about Healthy Bites, which I know uh, is not about you. food. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks a lot for having me. Um, so Healthy Bites is a company that has been around for a few years, working with registered dietitians and helping them in their private practices do uh, claims processing with the insurance companies. So a lot of people may not know this, but their benefit plan actually covers seeing a registered dietitian. And so the problem for people is they don't know they have the benefit a lot of times, and they're not sure how to find a good dietitian. So we're trying to help solve that problem. So for these uh, individual entrepreneurs, really, these dietitians running their own practices perhaps, uh, but they don't know how to do the billing or they don't know how to go to the insurance companies or do their own marketing, and so this is a, a kind of a support for them. That's right. And, then, and so that's how the company started, and one of the things that the company learned is that not only is it really hard to do your own billing and get with the insurance plans, it's also actually hard to build your practice. After you talk to a few of your family members or you know some other people you might know, how do you actually build your practice? So we're going to take this one step further and actually find those referrals for the dietitians so that uh, the employers or the doctor's offices that are looking for this for their patients or their employees can get connected into a resource that we have uh, checked out and make sure they're okay, and it's actually on the health plan. Well, Mary Jo, I want to take a step back because you are uh, Dr. Mary Jo Gorman, so you have a, you're a medical professional. Uh, when right. you went to medical school, were there any sort of entrepreneurial classes that you took? How did, like I imagine these, these dietitians, like this is a new venture for them. How did you get started in your entrepreneurial journey? Just as a, a quick flashback. Sure. So one of my first jobs was at a hospital, and uh, I thought that the way we were running, uh, at that time I was practicing in the intensive care unit, I thought that the way we were running the intensive care unit could be done better. And I, some people might have started a committee, and I decided to start a company to solve that problem. So a partner and I went to the hospital and proposed that we could 
manage the area, deliver better results for the patients and for the hospital uh, than what was being done. And the hospital said yes, and that was really my first company. It was a, a services company, which is pretty common in healthcare. It was a medical practice. But I also realized I didn't know anything about business at that point. And so after we got that kind of stabilized, I went and got my MBA at WashU, which really was an eye-opener on the business side and helped me think about medicine and business in an entirely different way. So that was number one, and Healthy Bites is, I believe, startup number four for you? It's my fourth startup, but my fifth small company to run. Mm. And what are, so you, uh, this, this company has been in, Healthy Bites has been in New York. You're bringing it to St. Louis. Uh, tell right. us a little bit about why, why St. Louis. I know that you are a huge cheerleader for St. Louis, but you're also a pragmatic person. So you're going to put this company where it's positioned to be successful. What is it about St. Louis that, that makes it the right fit? Well, if you're an early stage company, everybody knows you've got to make all of your dollars count. And unless there's a compelling reason to be in a more expensive setting, uh, you're better off to be in a less expensive setting. And certainly St. Louis is less expensive than New York City. And so uh, there's plenty. So that's one thing will help our dollars last longer. But the other thing is St. Louis has very deep health care and technical talent that we can draw on. And it helped. And so we have the talent we need here. And you combine that with the networks that myself and other people have here and the cost of building here. Just it's a great opportunity for the company. You mentioned the support organizations in St. Louis and you worked with Prosper in St. Louis, one of those organizations, the Prosper Accelerator Fund. Right. So um, I uh, started that with four partners in 2015, and we invested in a lot of early stage women-led companies, and it allowed me to really understand and know a lot of the opportunities and people in St. Louis who were uh, supporting business here. So it really kind of inspired me that for a company, if I could bring something here and contribute to that growing economic opportunity, I really wanted to try to do that. So that's part of my cheerleader part of <laughs> wanting to do this. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't want, I want to ask you, so these dietitians, uh, in my mind, I would imagine this is maybe a, a female led, uh, industry. Is that correct? Yeah. So there are over a hundred thousand dietitians in the country and it is about a 96% female uh, workforce. Uh, all of them go to college. They get licensed just like a physical therapist or a nurse or an occupational therapist. And so they're, highly educated and really want to be able to bring their knowledge to people and sometimes are frustrated they can't connect with people who want to be able to have this resource. And so given the work that you've done with Prosper and and now even the work that you're doing here running Healthy Bites, uh, there seems to be a lot of alignment in your career path and, and really creating not just uh, viable businesses but also helping support women-led and women-run businesses. Yeah, so I didn't really know until I started working with the folks uh, at Prosper that this was actually a gap. I, I had raised venture money. I didn't know it was a problem for women and a lot of other people to raise venture money. So uh, I'm trying to do you know a little bit by just being out there and talking about it and seeing if we can get more visibility on the issue. 
And, and so with Healthy Bites, uh, the model, just so I, I understand, is that uh, yeah. a lot of these dietitians don't know how to build their practice. How, you know, where do their clients, their customers, mostly clients right. and patients, come from? Um, and and this is, is this an untapped, underused used resource that, uh, from employer benefits? Yes. Yes, it is. So almost all health plans and Medicare pay for uh, a registered dietitian benefit. But as if you try to Google dietitian near me, you get all kinds of things that are unproven or they want to sell you something. And it's hard to find somebody who's got a scientific basis and has been trained in how to help people understand food and learn about food. So what we want to do is bring those people into the settings with the employers or the medical practices so that kind of expertise can be available to people so they can really, you know, understand what they need to do to make a healthier life. And how has this been received by the employers or those that, that are looking to connect with the dietitians? Since it, we're in early days of okay. that, but it's been well received because one of the problems for the, the company, which resides at, uh, for the country, I'm sorry, but resides with the employer, is that we have an obesity epidemic, which also is leading to a diabetic epidemic, more joint problems, heart problems, and because of the way we pay for health care in the United States, that falls to the employer a lot of times. So they're looking for ways that they can introduce things to their employees to help them have a healthier life and hopefully for them to have less expense on the health care side. Well, and then on the, if it's, if it's diabetes or obesity, that can result in uh, absenteeism, lost work, which then has a, yeah. a, a direct correlation to productivity for the company and ultimately a bottom line impact. Absolutely. Yep. And, and these dietitians, how are they receiving this? Are they excited that now they have a, a resource and a, a team or somebody that wants to put a team around them so their businesses, their practices can thrive? Yes. Yes. We've had very positive reception from the dietitians. And, and so you said this is early stages. What, uh, what are you most focused on right now with, with Healthy Bites? So right now we're focused on launching in our uh, first couple of spots. So we're launching in Dallas-Fort Worth and we're launching in Cincinnati. We picked those cities based on the database of information that we have of processing claims over the last few years. And we're working to identify the employers and practices that want to work with us there. So that's our number one focus right now. We've already hired dietitians and um, they're ready to work for us. So we got, now we've got to get the other side of the market to come to us. Well, Dr. Mary Jo Gorman, congratulations on yet another venture that you're pushing forward and one that will have a direct impact, uh, again, on people's lives. Uh, you know, we'll be healthier, hopefully, and employers will, uh, you know, not lose as much lost, uh, lost time from their, from their employee base. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks a lot, Travis, and thanks, Michael. Appreciate the time this morning. No problem. We'll talk to you soon. Stick around. We'll listen okay. to more. Uh, we'll hear more Nothing Impossible right after this. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, welcome back to Nothing Impossible. Travis Sheridan here with Michael Calhoun, and we are going to uh, jump over and talk to Zoe Scharf uh, from Greetable. Uh, I love Greetable because they are these adorable little boxes. Uh, not just a box, but you can go online, put a lot of cool stuff in this box, and it'll get sent directly to your uh, family or friends or loved ones. It's like a greeting card that is its own box. And I'm trying to remember the first time that we talked with Greetable on Nothing Impossible. It's been a little bit. Uh, Zoe, uh, when was the company founded? We were founded in 2013, and I feel like we've been talking to you guys ever since. So, yeah, you go way back. 
<laughs> and I think uh, you were one of the first guests on Nothing Impossible. Oh my gosh, that's probably true. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> that's wild. And so, uh, you know, Travis uh, mentioned uh, that there's cute little greeting boxes, but uh, how do you describe what Greetable is? Introduce us or reintroduce us to the company, first of all. Yeah, absolutely. So our purpose has always been to help bring people closer together. And what we try to do is make it incredibly easy to send unique and personalized gifts that your people will love. So our product is a greeting card that you photo customize with your own pictures and photo, or, sorry, pictures and message. Um, it folds up to become a gift box and you can put fun little things inside like chocolates or candles and it gets sent to your recipient for 15 to $30. So it's more than a greeting card, less than flowers, but way more personalized. And so that's kind of what we've been doing for a while now. And you guys are absolutely right. It's great to send to your friends and family, but the big new um, direction for Greetable that we've been expanding into is corporate gifts as well, especially for professionals who are in a relationship-based industry where they're trying to connect with their clients and stand out. So Zoe, tell us a little bit about the Greetable journey and where it is today. Yeah, absolutely. So we founded the company, like I said, in 2013. My co-founder, Joe Fisher, came up with the idea while he was going to a wedding and wanted his card to stand out a little bit more. So that's how we initially came up with the idea. It's evolved over time. Um, in 2015, we launched our e-commerce website, which allows you to create your own gifts online. You never have to touch them. They just get sent directly to your recipients. And that is also when we allowed you to start including your photos in there, which was a huge step. Um, for, we really believe that photos are kind of the new currency that replaces handwritten messages. Handwritten messages will never go away, but people have so many photos these days that they're trying to do stuff with. And so that's, uh, that's the direction that we went in in 2015. That took off um, very quickly, um, shipped out over, you know, quarter million units within a couple, within a year or two, um, got featured in Oprah and New York Times. And over the course of time, we started to realize, you know, we've been doing great with this consumer demographic. But as we look deeper and deeper into our data, we found that there are so many people who have photo or studio or marketing in their email addresses and real estate and accounting and, you know, financial um, institutions that were using us. And what we realized is that if we digged a little deeper, those people are using us very frequently because they have clients all the time that they want to send things out for, for regularly scheduled occasions. So you can imagine if you're a real estate agent, you might want to send out a greetable every time that you get a referral as a thank you gift, or if you're a photographer, every time you book a wedding client. And so we found that that repeatability was really valuable, not just to us, but to these professionals who are looking to not reinvent the wheel every time they create a gift, but also really want to stand out with something personalized. So the last uh, year or so, our journey has been expanding our product offering to allow those professionals to use our product incredibly easily and send those unique personalized gifts, sometimes without even clicking a button ever, making it totally automated. So that's the direction we're headed in. Did you and Joe fold all of those quarter million units? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I would not have hands anymore. They were folded by our manufacturing partner based here in St. Louis. Okay. And and you mentioned this this repeatability. And I, I'm sure when it comes to the business model, being able to look at that sustainability where people keep coming back and it's almost like uh, greetings as a, as a service. 
I suppose? Are you looking at maybe exactly. subscription options or, you know, hooking into a system so that it's automatic when I enter a new client into my database, there's automatically a greetable that's sent out. What do you take a look at in terms of uh, expanding uh, that repeatability aspect? Yeah, absolutely. So there are some ways that you can do that right now. So for our corporate clients, which um, we have a, a, a large list of at this point, they, some of them are what we call recurring clients, and we've, we've given them a concierge service. They work with a dedicated um, rep who basically is their employee that they don't have to pay, who will literally send their gifts for them every single week. So all they have to do is provide us with the, the data weekly in a format that works for them, and we will send those gifts out for them. But we also have built out an API that just launched with one CRM about a month or two ago called 17 Hats. That literally allows you to trigger greetable gifts to send every time an action that you specify occurs. So, for instance, if you use a CRM and you want to send this out to any new leads, every time a lead comes in through the CRM, you can send out a totally automated but still personalized gift using tokenized information and variable data. And so that would be completely automated while still totally different and interesting. And as we continue to build out features, we've built out things that make it easier for people who don't necessarily use 17 hats or aren't one of our recurring corporate clients, like our insider pro membership that allows you to customize your greetable box with your own design and logo. It allows you to create templates for each of your occasions. Um, and it has a handful of features that just make life a little bit easier, um, like uploading your contacts into your address book. So you don't always have to rewrite your addresses. So that's kind of what we've been doing, but mostly with our corporate clients, we've just, offer them a totally concierge service, and they'll get that dedicated account rep that makes life easier for them. And what's next for Greetable? I mean, what is on the horizon? What's possible? That's a great question. As we build out these features for professionals, we really want to continue to expand our offering for corporate clients. So we've discovered that in addition to the professionals who are using us repeatedly on their own, kind of in a self-service way, those concierge clients, those corporate clients, have a lot of needs as well. And so we've been building out features within our team that we'll, we'll kind of continue to talk about over time that make it really easy for those larger businesses that have a need to thank their employees or reach out to prospects or make their clients feel the love. We've been building out tools that just make it incredibly easy for those larger companies to send out personalized gifts and still stand out. So we've been expanding the team. We've got a couple new team members joining soon. We've still got our office in downtown St. Louis that we really love and we're just going to continue to make people happy. Are you, so are you still in T-Rex right now? No, no, we actually moved out of T-Rex, though I miss it so much about two or three years ago. We've got an office on Olive Street, um, dangerously close to Bailey's Range. <laughs> oh, so we'll find you at that long table for lunch probably oh, yeah. every day. We're there too frequently. Those extra crispy fries keep us coming. And so how's it been growing this business in St. Louis, especially this consumer business? Um, you know, there are a lot of uh, in retail industry folks who maybe left to, you know, from May Company or Build-A-Bear or, you know, you've got Hallmark across the state. How's it been for a, a uh, consumer-oriented company to be growing in St. Louis? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that, honestly, we love growing in St. Louis. It's not that there's 
so many consumer companies that we've been comparing notes with, but there are so many great resources and assets and mentors here that have been willing to get, lend us their ear. And so we've been able to get the resources that we want here while also making it really easy to get out and travel to the shows and the conferences that we need to. As we expand into that professional industry as well, it's been really great living in St. Louis because I've been calling real estate agents and talking to them about what they need from a gifting perspective or photographers or marketers or freelance solopreneurs of all kinds. And those people have been so willing to talk to us. And that's really where I feel as though we learn the most is by talking to our customers. So the, you know, the course of time, as you guys know, I'm not from St. Louis. I didn't expect to end up here, but through the course of time, I have learned that this is just one of the best places to grow a company. And in the midst of the holiday season, uh, what has Greetable, is this a busy time of year for you or is it really revolve around the, the corporate business. Uh, I noticed that you do have a lot of different prints and gifts for the holiday season. Is this a major time of year for you? It is. Yeah, it's in our top three. I would say, uh, you know, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day are huge for us. And so this is number three on the consumer side. As far as corporate goes, right now and early January are just the crazy busy seasons where people are trying to send out gifts to make sure that their clients and their employees know that they care. And so we've been on that concierge corporate side of the world, really, uh, really busy <laughs> in a good way, in one that is exciting and fun for us, but it's definitely all hands on deck. And the consumer side of the world has been awesome. We've kind of got things on autopilot and our, con- our customers have been pretty loyal at this point. They'll keep coming back and buying from us for those big holidays, which is great. And we'll continue to add new things for them. Um, but the, the new vertical that we're expanding out into really takes up most of our time in this holiday season. And the gifts that are inside the boxes, too. Again, it's been a little bit since we've checked in with you. What, what's the latest with those? What kind of uh, you know, different directions are you going in or collaborations? Or what are the, besides the prints and photos and stuff, what are the gifts that we can get inside of these? Yeah, so as always, we do try to work with makers. We work with a lot of women-owned companies who are makers locally to their cities that are usually based in the U.S., We've got a lot of really interesting products in there. Where we've expanded since we last spoke is we now actually offer gift cards as well as those gifts that you can pair with them in the Greetable. And that's really fun because, you know, my co-founder always calls gift cards the gift cards paradox because they kind of seem like a cop-out gift, but they're also what people want. And so if you include a gift card in a Greetable along with the chocolates and the a personalized message and photos, it kind of makes it more of a gift as opposed to just that gift card. And we also allowed for um, what we call bonus gifts. And so you're able to now send two gifts in a greetable, which, you know, they're small boxes. They're three by three inches. That's why they're smaller than flowers and bigger than the card. But they're, you know, there's a little room for there for an additional gift inside. And it's the number one feature request that we got for so long. So that's available as well now. Yeah, it's one thing, I guess, to just say, you know, Merry Christmas, here's a gift card, and toss a piece of plastic someone's way, but it's the thought that counts, right? So if you put the gift card inside of a box with a message, with photos, something that's customized, it's a little extra, uh, you're right, that does take it to the next level. Yeah, absolutely. Those Starbucks gift cards have been flying off the shelves for us lately, and people will combine them with, you know, a small caramel or a, a chocolate caramel popcorn type gift. And, and then it's like a little thing that they can touch right now. They can taste right now, but they can also use that Starbucks gift card or that Target or, you know, Nordstrom gift card whenever they want to. Zoe, what are the, some of the strangest things you've seen people use a greetable for? 
Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, you know, it's interesting. We we really don't try to um, creep too hard on what people are looking at or what people are using Greetable for. I'd say the most exciting is that we've definitely seen a handful of engagements through Greetable, including my own, which is exciting. Um, but our, our our customers have used Greetable, even people that we don't know at all, to propose to their now fiancés and, and spouses. So that's always been a lot of fun. Um, but, you know, people usually use Greetable to send out something really special and nice. Um, occasionally, we'll see it be used as an invitation for events. Um, and and that people will always have interesting, unique ways of, of using it that I've never thought of before. But, you know, I don't really I'll have to come back to you guys on that one. I don't know of anything really that wacky so far. <laughs> I think we got to get more details on the. So you got a proposal using the product for the company that you run. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I met my fiance when we first started Greetable and I gave him a Valentine's Day Greetable back when our product was totally different. It was a flat card that you could buy at a boutique store and you would fold it up yourself. And I gave him a version of that back in 2014. He kept it for all these years and then used that OG original version of Greetable to tell me to come meet him in the park. And that's where he he proposed. Oh, that's a great story. Well, where can people go? It's a GR... E-E-T-A-B-L, greetable.com. That's right, greetable.com. We're also on Instagram at that same place. And, um, yeah, it's a busy time of year. Start sending out things for the New Year's. We've got some fun kind of kick-the-year-off-right gifts up right now. So, um, And then, of course, Valentine's Day is just around the corner. I already got to start thinking about that. We're already up on Mother's Day. My head is like already in you know summer at this point. <laughs> well, at least you don't have to sit and fold them all before they go out. Yeah, <laughs> thank God. That was something we did the first year, and my hand, I would handwrite them all. And while I miss the how scrappy those days were, I do not miss how that hurt my body. Oh yeah. Well, Zoe Sharf, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Nothing Impossible. So great to talk to both of you guys. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Nothing Impossible. Find the podcast, share it, and we'll talk to you next week. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.